Welcome back to Cargumentative, a show where four men with a thirst for knowledge who could have studied sculpture at St. Martin's College are here to talk about all things cars and automotive. As usual, I'm your host from the Sunday Times, Thomas Faulkner, and I'm joined in studio by... I'm Mark Paluta, Mike Salomon, and Adav Ravid. Gentlemen, lovely to have you back in a calm, quiet studio. Yeah, thanks for having us back for a proper bit of podcast. Yeah, because last week was noisy. Oh, my ears oh. are still ringing. It's hectic. It really was good, though. It was. And it does. Yeah. You missed out. No, couldn't make it. Sorry, you guys. You would have enjoyed yeah. it. Someone yeah, has to bring home the bacon, you know. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So. so, we're going to start off with some news, as we always do. And um, you guys may have noticed that um, there were rumors abounding that uh, Tata is selling Jaguar Land Rover to PSA Group. I didn't know that. Well, the rumors are not true. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Not Just true. as well, okay. I read that rubbish. First, I've heard of that. Yeah. So why would they and even have It doesn't make that. any sense. Yeah. Well, because they're not why performing well. Jaguar Land Rover is not performing well. That's well, not Because true. of the new discovery. That is true. That's not true. It is. Look at well, the sales. Well, I think Jaguar might not be, but I think Land Rover is doing really well. No, Mark. Couldn't be doing well. I bought one. Yeah, but that was a long time ago. This is the new discoveries. Ruined Land Rover. Ruined. Really? Absolutely. Ruined. Imagine, Looking at imagine that the sales day. they must have had. I mean, the sales were off the charts for seven eight years on the old discovery four how often do you see a discovery five never i saw one yesterday i thought that is an ugly you see one when you see it you do notice you do notice and you do have a bit of vom it's terrible they have to rethink that car they need to do a facelift soon and it's weird because the old one was actually quite um archaic in its its makeup it had a ladder chassis and but it also had that, it had an offset license plate, but for a reason, because the glass dipped down, mm. whereas the new one, the glass is straight, but it still has an offset license plate. It's just stupid. What's even more stupid is that I saw photographs of a, a camouflaged Defender testing around the Nürburgring. Oh, so no. you, can be, you can be sure that the, the new Defender is going to be... I think that immediately puts all potential oh. buyers off the car. That's like, ridiculous. If it think it's go- going to be sub eight minutes. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> going to make all the difference. Are you when serious? You, you saw that? I, serious. That is ridiculous. Seriously. That thing's been very, very long in the in the works. I mean, they finished up the Defenders, what, four or five years ago, I'd imagine. No, uh, not that long ago. It's a while ago. I mean, it was that run out one, Huey. What is it? Yeah, the Huey was the test. The mm. devil, no? He's a... He's Huey a was the original... <laughs> was that green color? Well, yeah, Huey, Defender Man by default. Yeah, it was the license plate of the of the development car. Oh, that's it, Sorry. yeah. Anyway, so weird things happening cool there. Um, Audi is revisiting the fuel cell, which I think is a good thing. The hydrogen cell? Yeah. Yeah, that is. It is, because I mean, Toyota have still got it, Honda and Hyundai. And now Audi is saying that they're going to have a, a running prototype by the end of the year, which kind of makes sense because it's more sustainable long-term. Is it though? It is because I know that the atmosphere is full of hydrogen, but isn't the extraction process very expensive? Well, that, that's the problem. Well, doctor, what do you say? We're very quiet today. Well, well, how, how does well, how does a fuel cell actually work? I mean, it's it's a combustion. Well, engine. it uses no, so it it uses hydrogen as fuel in a chemical reaction to make electrical power. So nothing explodes. No, and no. the byproduct is water. Is water. No, I know, and it, but it's not a it's not a combustion process. No, 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 it's not. You're thinking of 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 that seven series BMW that they had many many years ago, where it was an internal combustion engine. So is it hydrogen. is hydrogen? So that that forms the electrical power. Correct. Okay. So it's a reaction. So basically, um, and also, the benefit is you can fill your car up again with power in the same time as it takes to fill up your tank with petrol or diesel. Yes. So you would go into a, a filling station, top it up with hydrogen, yeah. and then you suddenly got your no, power it's, again. No, it's the answer. It is the answer if they can just make hydrogen abundantly available as hydrogen. Yeah. Also, it's, you know, in terms of storing hydrogen. No, I think that's you know. okay. What, is it like hard to have a small accident with that? Well, do you remember the Hindenburg? Mm. Yeah, I don't. You don't. <laughs> Weren't you there? <laughs> Weren't you there? <laughs> it was like nineteen twelve. <laughs> oh, the huge manatee. <laughs> <laughs> no, the so I mean, a hydrogen fuel cell is a is a great idea, and and a lot of the major manufacturers and sort of re- tend to remember the late nineties, early two thousand. Yeah. It was because everybody was it was the next big thing, and mm. everybody had prototypes out, and then it suddenly 
disappeared, I think, in favor of hybrids, which... Battery electric Battery vehicles. electric, yeah. battery combustion, which were probably just easier to bring to market. The main issue with hydrogen is it, it's the most abundant em- element in the universe, but getting it stored safely is an issue. Uh, so if you want to fill up your car, the infrastructure that exists for hydrogen is very, very difficult. Um, it's very volatile chemical. Uh, well, gas, it's a very volatile, it's highly flammable. Um, so it just brings all kinds of logistical issues and safety issues that nobody's really been able to mm. get over practically. Mm. Um, you know, it's not just like filling up with a tank of fuel and avoiding a little bit of flame. It's much more complicated. No. It's got to so be pressurized. And so... Um, what it does is it fuses hydrogen and oxygen and through a catalyst creates some electricity and that, it works perfectly well and they've been used, it's been used in many applications but uh, haven't quite cracked it for the road yet. No. Well, it, uh, it, it uh, makes sound. Got, who did you say was going to no. use it? Audi. Audi. Mm. Audi is revisiting the hydrogen fuel cell mm. oh, and they're going to oh, be oh, working oh. in collaboration with Hyundai. Hyundai, okay. Hyundai apparently. So then they can share the technology. Well, I mean, they, they're two very big it. manufacturers, so only good things can come from that, I yeah. suppose. Oh, I wish them luck. Let's I see. think it's, it's a definitely a sustainable solution for the future. Yeah. Well, I um, think so. Take the most abundant yeah. gas oh, in the universe. Yeah. Um, so as we know, Paige is not here tonight. No. No. Um, which means we can talk about Porsche without getting into trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Let's do it. When one P is not here, another P makes a comeback. We don't actually, we haven't spoken about it for a while. No. But you but guys I, must I, have seen. I, I have some personal Porsche news. I know, but we're, we're going to get to that. Okay. So hold your horses. Um, <laughs> you guys um, would have noticed that the Porsche, well, Porsche unleashed, well, unveiled, launched with. <laughs> Which was I'm it, Thomas? I'm just so excited, I can't even speak. Oh uh, the Porsche 911 Speedster. Yeah. It's going into production. Yes. They're making 1,948 yeah. of them. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Which I is the year that uh, Porsche was the founded. Num- yeah. um, I, I'm not a fan of the styling on it. I no, find, no, no, I find no, the hump a little bit too flat. It actually re- more reminiscent of the, of the Boxster Spider. Like it's it also the shape. The Boxster it's also Spider very long because it takes up the back seats. Yeah. It's all the way from behind the front seats. To the tail. Yeah. To me, but, uh, 911 Speedsters never really worked. 911 Cabriolets. Oh, no, no, no. The G-Spec never, Speedster and the 964 no. Speedster. I don't like them. I don't like any of them. I don't like really. Cool. But, the, but the, the specs on the Speedster are fantastic. Oh, yeah, that no. is. So, so it's got the four... It's got the four-liter naturally aspirated engine that's been in the R and the GT3. Here it makes 375 kilowatts. And the best part about it RTVs. is... RTVs. It only comes oh, come with a six-speed manual. And not that horrible guys, seven It has guys, individual guys, throttle guys, bodies, so it's mm. even better than a GT3. No, but you, no, it can't be. See, this is the thing. They've just released the pricing, and it's 5.1 million rand. It's and I assume crazy. that that's, that's if you can get your hands on one. And the reality of it is that for that kind of money, you can get yourself a 2RS and probably a, I don't know, probably a 9, uh, what, a 3RS from a 997? Or probably, a sec- get, probably get both of those. Or a second-hand Boxster from the 90s. Now, how, now how, much is, <laughs> how much is the 2RS? Uh, no, 2RS uh, is sitting somewhere. Five, five, okay, so it's probably the same four, price. Five, but yeah. you could probably get a, a 3RS and an old 3RS. Yeah, you absolutely could. You can get it's, lots of cars. Yeah. Serious money, but Porsche's never... Uh, pretended not to charge for these limited editions. Well, I think um, that, yeah. But, but what I was going to say is I think this one's quite interesting because there's been a, a few generations of Speedsters um, and they've always been the product of the Porsche exclusive department. So Porsche exclusive is sort of more of a styling um, side of the factory, which was always separate and had a separate customer base to the sort of Porsche motorsport side that we more fond of. What's interesting is that this is the first Speedster that's actually been designed in in cahoots with Porsche Motorsport. And so it's got a full GT3 suspension, GT3 engine. And in other words, I've always felt that the Speedsters were just a, you know, more more show and no go. Correct. But that actually corrects it. And then the other thing that I saw this week was a couple of pictures now outside of sort of press pictures sort of real world kind of with normal natural lighting yeah it looks a lot better i must say it's actually a pretty damn good looking thing the proportions start to work outside of the sort of motor show lighting and it's a nice looking thing reminiscent to me of actually a carrera gt 
Did we? Yeah. Mm. Did we mention that this is the run out of the nine nine one? No, we didn't. But we are now. Okay. So this so is the last. Just hurrah. mentioned it. They all they do that. So when do. when a car gets no. well, a generation gets to the very end, they give it its last hurrah. They did that with the nine nine seven Speedster as well, mm. which we saw at the launch of the Cayenne. Is that blue one? That's yeah, in South yeah. Africa? Yeah. Yeah. I like that car. Yeah. I'm not the biggest I fan. I, I think the it works. G, the G series is better. I, I like the 964 the most. Okay. Uh, there was a 964 Speedster here mm. in South Africa that for me was one that got away. Okay. White one, one of 14 right-hand drives built. Only one in right-hand drive in white. Yep. And that thing got yeah, sold for cool 250,000 rand. Crazy. I nice. think the coolest like Speedster styling exercise was probably on the Boxster, like on the Boxster Spider. When it had that double bubble, I really like a box display. Me too. I yeah, think that's cool. Very really, cool. really, really. The nine eight one box display. Yeah, it was beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah, beautiful. very cool. Very, very cool. It's the one to buy. You never see them. Yeah, it's a GT four without a roof. I drove one around Le Mans. Ish. No, not the nine eight one. Yeah. Nine eight one. Oh yes, nine eight one. Sorry. You're, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yes. You're right. I stand corrected. Okay. <laughs> so Porsche news. Yeah. Nice. So there you go. Well, well, yeah. well the price. The, so so how many they're they making? One nine four eight. One nine four. Yeah. And some are coming to SA. They okay. have been spoken for. How many um, nine eleven R's did they make? Nine hundred and ninety one. Oh yes. I drove one of those actually. Were there as many as that? No, lucky you. But I got out after five kilometers and got back into the 964 Turbo. <laughs> so the problem with these cars is is they they make their way onto the open market. And the 911R at one point was a million dollars, which is crazy because mm. it's dropped all the way down. So anyway, let's see what this one does. Jerry Seinfeld and his crew, mm. see what they do with them. <laughs> so from Germany, we segue to America. Okay. Because something's happened there. Hopping across the Atlantic. Well, kind of. In an indirect way, we're going... We're going we're going from Germany to America and then from America picking up something and going to Russia. Okay. Uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk is oh. now officially Bored the, out of my yeah, mind the fastest SUV on ice. On ice? <laughs> on ice. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody expects you to say that. It, it, it had to go down a one, a one kilometer straight on ice in Russia at the Baikal Ice Motorsports Festival and it, 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 it averaged 257 k's on ice. That well, I think impressive. more. I think more importantly um, today was World Topless Jeep Day, Deep Day, Jeep no. Day. What? Really? When? Yeah, it was. You I, had I to drive your Jeep topless in the Bronx. Yes, which I'm not sure what that means. I mean, how do you execute that? And also, if everyone gets out and drives their Jeep topless today, would they would they have enough tow trucks? Also, aren't <laughs> <laughs> good question. That means that lots of them will be driven on the same day, and it's but lots of breakdowns. Aren't yeah, most they're not ready for that. Then. The AA isn't ready for that. Yeah. They'd have to prepare in advance. Is it for Wrangler drivers only? I don't know. Lots of men drive Wranglers. I don't know. You could probably drive a, a Cherokee topless as well. But nobody would see you because your windows are tinted. <laughs> so it would have to be... And now talking about Jeeps, it's almost as bad as Toyota. Yeah. Jeez. It's not, man. It's interesting. Come on. Well, did Going I say Jeep? Ice. Sorry, I mean cheap. Carry on as you cheap. Um <laughs> Ford. Mm. Oh, I like Ford. Do you like Ford? Okay. Ford is now facing a $4 billion lawsuit in the United States for problems with their dual clutch gearboxes on fiestas it just gets worse and worse for that's in the dev's favorite car oh, i love that car what's yeah. wrong with the gearbox apparently a lot of things ford ford customers specifically found problems with their 2012 to 16 focus and fiestas according to the legal filings the dual clutch transmissions were prone to shuddering slipping bucking jerking hesitation while changing gears premature internal wear delays in downshifting and in some cases sudden or delayed acceleration said the Detroit Free Press. Do any of, does any parts of it actually work? No. Sounds like it, every problem... It, I'm putting it down to user error. Yeah. If you think about so. how many working parts there are in a car and how much can go wrong on it, it's the, the potential liability that, a, yeah, that, that yeah, manufacturing a car is brings is just like insane. Every week there's another Ford drop. Can I now. just say that the Ford GT, the current Ford GT, doesn't get enough credit, doesn't get spoken about. Yeah, and it is magnificent. It's a fantastic it's, car. It In fact, I just finished watching car. a show on Amazon mm -hmm. about um, Ford coming back to Le Mans on their 50-year uh, yeah, and winning it. That, yeah. Brilliant. I that. I Highly saw, recommend it. I saw it. that car at Le Mans, and it is magnificent. It's In a fact, good car. It's the most beautiful car in the field. Uh, yeah, you think so? Yeah, amazing. it really More is. Than the Corvette. It really is beautiful. Yeah. Because no, the, Corvette, the Corvette just sounded vulgar, which is amazing. Vulgar. Yeah, like in a good way. Oh, but, good um, way. but it's a proper tool. So the... It's yeah. a tool like the Senna, but it actually looks like okay. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, why yeah. can't McLaren get it right? If Ford can. I didn't do the styling, being Thomas. Sued every, Don't every shout at week. me. 
Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think uh, I don't know why Senna has to be so ugly. If you can have the same result with a Ford GT, that's actually a really, really pretty thing. You're just aggressive as well because of the fact that two of the cars that you really like now have gearbox problems. Yeah. Well, it's upsetting. Speaking of gearbox problems, we're going to wrap up our uh, our new segment with this. Mike has just gone out and bought a Boxster well, from I mean, the 90s in teal, which is very cool. Yeah. The uncool thing about this is that it doesn't work. No, it doesn't and, work. And hasn't operated since, what, 1999? Um, we don't know exactly. So, so, I mean, it's for his so, girls. We, we covered it in yeah, our segments yeah, Well, that's exactly it. So we, we talked about this. You put your money where your mouth money where his mouth and, is. And... So I'll, I'll concede mm. it does not run, but okay. there's a method in the in the madness. Right. So I I really liked what Mark said mm. was taking a Boxster and making it an electric. So this car I bought it today. Um, it is I think it's a '97. Um, I haven't actually seen it in real life. In pictures, it's very pretty. It's got a nice color and um, and yeah, the, the interior I think smells a bit musty. The molds, hasn't run, hasn't the run for a long, like long time. Molds it's easy to get rid of. The mold on the wheels matches the paint. Yeah, apparently, mm. even the wheels impressive. are moldy. But it's going off to our um, trusty Porsche mechanic, who's a specialist in the water-cooled modern cars, not the 928. He hates 928s, mm. but. Um, basically going to work out um, at worst we've bought a parts car um, <laughs> and it'll be fun to take it to, to, to pieces but if it if it works we'll get it running um, and drive it and have a bit of fun and if not we're going to electrify it we're going to turn into something electric, yeah. electric yeah. Boxster. so watch this space it's going to be fun either way keep us in the loop Mike we want to hear more about yeah. the Boxster next week you're not going to be here Unfortunately, because yeah. you've, you've you're doing you're away. I'll yes. give you I'll give you feedback. Uh, where, but where's Mark? Where you're not going to be here next week? I might do an outside broadcast. Yeah, Mark, where, where are you going to be? A drinking competition. Um, there's a, there will be a drinking competition on this <laughs> on this run. <laughs> what is the, what, what is your run what called? Kind of run? Are you, you it's a car run. It's it, it is a car run. Mm. Um, and there's going to be a very eclectic bunch of cars that are coming, and we're going to have and like a monster truck, yeah. and we're going to have what, a Rolls called, Royce Mark? with an LS1 ge- uh, engine in it. Okay, um, Rolls Royce with an LS1. Very yeah, nice. Yeah. What's it called? Um, it's it's the the rim run. <laughs> nice. The rim. Just say it again nice. slowly, Mark. Nice. The rim run. It's probably one of the poorest choices is of it, names. Of is a, it a gentleman's a only club, Mark? Um, no, I can't really get a girl to come on it. <laughs> what do you do on the you, rim run? We drive cars. We drive quite far, and then at night we drink. Wow, that sounds interesting. Okay. Why, why the name Rim Run? So actually, it had that I can answer. It was because on the very first one that uh, that that happened, it was actually quite a fun story. The guys went on the Cannibal Run. They got kicked off for bad behaviour, and uh, they had their own run. And on that run, one of the guys hit a pothole and managed to bend two rims in the same pothole. He had to use his own spare plus someone else's. Wow. And, and, that's, oh, and, oh, and now that's been named the rim run, and that rim that was bent, one of the rims has been cut into a quarter, and it is the floating trophy for yeah. the run. You couldn't call it like I the wheel I thought you run. were going to say that he bent over to fix the rim, oh, and okay, something right. happened. Okay, I, think, I think uh, <laughs> that's probably listen, the end of the news. Listen, it's yeah. just, but, uh, I, I, at least I'm the only mature one here in this thing. I'm yeah. in, sorry, well, Mark, you'll hopefully of, uh, update our Instagram account with exactly. uh, lots of pictures from lots the rim run. Maybe not all the pictures, Mark. I certainly will. <laughs> and I will, um, I'll do some out, outside broadcasting. I'll so, record some, some segments. OBs, Hopefully we man. can use it. Do it. Cool. Cool. Guys, that is all the time we have for news. Mark Peter's going to go off and have a laugh. And uh, the rest of us are going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be exploring the world of automotive fakery. This aircon is racist. For the latest political news and in depth discussion and analysis on events making headlines in South Africa's socio political space. Join myself, Amil Amral, and my comrades from the Sunday Times Politics Desk for our Sunday Times Politics Weekly podcast. You can find new weekly episodes on the Times Live website every Wednesday. This is not a shit. Can you please come? Welcome back to Cargumentative. Gentlemen, in this segment, we're going to be chatting about replica cars and kit cars. And uh, before we get really deep into it, I think we should um, 
chat to our resident anorak <laughs> Nadav because <laughs> apparently there are there are there are big differences between kit cars and replica cars oh I think so you know enlighten us doctor yeah. well I'm gonna We're try for a very technical anorak uh, it's actually quite difficult because there's a lot of overlap between terms and a lot of terms that I think are used interchangeably but um, a kit car is a car that's built up from a kit that's obvious you get sent the pieces and you put them together yourself okay so for but example Catrum you could order a kit you could order a kit from Catrum but that doesn't make it a replica no. so that's what's so interesting is that a replica is not necessarily uh, a kit and a kit is not necessarily a replica and then the other thing is that we don't really w- none of this discussion involves the discussion of the term continuation so there's replica and continuation. So anyway, so the point is that a replica is a replica of obviously a car that exists, usually something very rare, usually something very limited, Mm -hmm. usually something that's cost millions of dollars that, you know, isn't available to just anyone. And some efforts have been made to create a copy. So the thing about replicas is that it really depends. There's replicas and there's replicas. There's, you know, kind of Porsche Speedster replicas based on, you know, my uncle's old kind of Ford Cortina chassis. Mm. (laughs) And there's things that are basically indistinguishable from the real thing, but are still termed replicas because they're not exactly... What would you call those um, Ferrari 250 GTOs that weren't GTOs? So most of the time, those things were actually built off a... Um, Short wheelbase chassis. Uh, no, actually not. 250 no, GTEs. 250 GTEs. So, uh, which, which was quite an unloved... Uh, it was a 2 plus 2. Okay. And the the 250 GT short wheelbase um, that drives here... It the blue one. Here, the blue one. Paolo yeah. Cavallari's. Paolo Cavallari's yeah. car was based on a 250 GTE as far as I know. So what they would have done is taken that, that, that chassis, shortened it a bit, and then put... So the what do we thing, call that? So, I mean, look, that's a replica. The thing about it is that it's a genuine Ferrari. Uh, the engine they, yeah. is the right series for that car because the 250 mm. did, uh, did service in a lot of different body styles. Mm. Quite a lot of the 250 GTOs, of which they only made 36 plus three, 330 GTOs, 39 of them. Mm. They all still exist. They're, they're pretty much the, the, far, the, 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 the most valuable cars in the world. I mean, between 30 and $50 million dollars. Um, those were also used, uh, used 250 GTE chassis to, to make quite a lot of those. Um, okay. But they're genuine Ferraris. So again, it goes back to, so they may, they're genuine Ferraris, but they may not be genuine 250 GTOs. Mm. And when is something, you know, a replica, and when is something just a different version of a similar car? It, in other words, it's a spectrum of things that, that we, we use interchangeable terms for. So... so a continuation. So, for example, mm. Catrum. So we, we mentioned yeah. that they you, you can buy a Catrum in kit form as opposed to it being built for you by the factory. Exactly. It's but interesting or. that Catrum only actual rights to the Lotus 7 design. Mm. In so which case, if they're the official manufacturer of the Lotus 7 design, then that's probably, because it's sanctioned by the manufacturer, then that's probably best to call a continuation. Because mm. they're basically words. taking... The original, yep. and they're finessing it over the years, yes. making it better. But they're doing so legally correct, with the original intellectual property, mm. doesn't, the rights to it Doesn't well. Jaguar have those D-type um, continuations? I think that's something that they've so, just initiated now. And right. E-types as well. So, there were, so a lot of the manufacturers are jumping on the bandwagon now and creating continuations of their old cars, recreating them at enormous expense. But in spite of the fact that they're like a million euros each, they're still a twentieth of the price of one of the original mm, limited yeah. cars. So something like so continuation is also a very interesting thing. And so is a continuation a replica? Well, yes, it isn't doesn't form part of the original uh, production run of cars, but it's probably indistinguishable so, from any of them. So mm. Jaguar tried to get around that by saying they had a couple of chassis numbers left over. That's right from the original from the run. Fire, yeah. So yeah, they, yeah, they, they had they, they, they assigned yeah. those numbers. Yeah, 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 yeah. They had them. In, they had them in a file. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll use for these sixty ones. years and then decided to start again. But That's I think it. that the whole replica story as well is closely linked to quite a quite a murky world of um, of of passing off 
because you know it's one thing having a replica and knowing that it's a replica so I've mm. one have owned a 2.7 replica a 2 2.7 RS replica this is a Porsche a really. Porsche a 911 um, yeah it's a 911 um, and it was a very cool one so my mine was actually a 73 it was a 2.4 T that was taken out to 2.7 liters um, beautiful color and it was really it was beautifully built it what didn't have mechanical fuel injection it was on carbs but it was a great car and it as I said it was a genuine Porsche mm. and and I know and I would never pass it off to be anything but that. You've got a you've got a Lotus Seven uh, replica. Well, it's a Talon. So, yeah, so, so, so basically, I mean, in South Africa, we have Birkin, who used to make a replica of a Lotus Seven, mm-hmm. and uh, then Talon came along, and Talon makes a track-focused, or they used to. Uh, the guy who owned Talon has gone overseas, so I actually have the last Talon built, and it has the chassis number in it. But it's that's based right, on a cool. Lotus Seven. Yeah, it is, but it's it's it's. What well, motor does it have? It's kind of based on a Birkin. It's got a Ford, Ford. No, Toyota. Toyota. GE. So no. so so basically, the Birkin is like a a more track focused. I mean, a Talon is a more track focused version of a Birkin, yeah. which is a you know, which is a which is based on a Lotus Seven. Now I, I, I was saying it's a murky world because um, there's a, I mean I know something that's 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 relatively close to home and I'm not going to mention specific details on it. But what what happens is you'll have cars that get written off, um, and there's a little bit left of a car, and what they'll do is they'll go and recreate it. And often, and the reason I say it's murky is because guys will pass it off to be a, to be the real thing, yeah. when in fact it's a, a, a replica. So I know of a car which was very very rare and it ended up in a in a huge accident. Um, and then all of a sudden, after a long while, I'm talking like 20 years, 30 years, all of a sudden it surfaces and now they're offering it for sale. They're saying this car's been miraculously restored and they've got pictures of it in the crash and all kinds of things. And then they've got pictures of it finished, but no pictures of it when it was, when it was sort of bare metal and all uh-huh. kinds of stuff. And you'd imagine that those would be the important things. And this mm. is a, a suspicion that, you know, you go there, you find a, 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 like a, a, a chassis, which is a genuine version of that car take the chassis number put it on that car and all of a sudden it's passed off as the real thing so i think it's quite it's quite a dangerous thing in 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 a sense so aren't um there's a certain manufacturer i don't know if we should mention it that are guilty of uh, causing some confusion by reshelling cars so there were cars that were crashed and the factory would supply a new body without any vin number you could then put your own VIN number on it and yeah and they did that because most of the cars that I'm speaking about were race cars so no one really cared about them am I right yeah absolutely I mean I think well, that so, so yeah. they've caused quite a lot of confusion now with historics and with um, all the values that have gone skyrocket yeah. on, on these cars absolutely but I think that you know these, these replicas they have their place so I well, like to think I, I like mean, to think that I've experienced I would say at least seventy-five percent of what a two-point-seven RS would feel oh, like. Absolutely. And um, mm. the reality is that car now is what a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar car. So it's unlikely that I'll ever get a yeah, chance to exactly. drive one. So isn't, isn't the famous bread van even a replica? What the material? No, <laughs> the Ferrari two fifty <laughs> bread van. Is it a two? No, it's not a replica. It was built up, no, but, really. but in those days, most cars were coach built. But I've got. But it to, wasn't built by Ferrari. No, I it was built that, by uh, someone else. Yeah. But it is one of the most famous Ferrari racing cars. Drogo. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's a Drogo body. But how amazing is that? It was crashed and then converted to 250 GTO spec with its own Ah. bodywork in period. And is now one of the most famous 250 racing cars. So so I think, again, uh, uh, the word replica seems to have such a broad spectrum of use. Mm. You know, if it's like a shonky old something something that looks something a little bit like springs. a <laughs> well something that delivers all due respect to springs you know but it, it kind of <laughs> looks a little bit like a porsche speedster but you know well that's something thing, that like uh, i was going to get into it's like, not the same as a 911 replica based no, on a 911 exactly you know, so. but there are there are some cars that are, are so expensive and so out of reach you know i mean even if you've got a lot of cash you're probably not going to get one because there's such a small mm. amount of those things made. So, mm. I mean, I was doing some some Googling before the show, and, and there's a company in America called Spider Creations who make a 550 Spider replica, and these things are proper. They're actually scanned in um, existing 550 Spiders. Oh, wow. Um, 
and of which there can't be software, many. No. And if it's just the, for the listeners, the 550 Spider is the one that James Dean was exactly. Called. So it's a it's a car that has a lot of history behind it. People like it because it has that kind of element of danger to it. You know, it was the car that killed James Dean, etc. So. It's a very lightweight, very lightweight, and these guys do a proper. I mean, it's 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 probably as close to the real thing as you're going to get. It's not fiberglass. It's aluminium. It has you know, it's it's proper. It even comes with a Porsche engine, um, and you can get that uh, quad cam mm. in it as well if you've got the cash. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it's 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 probably as good as you're going to get. Let's mention the South African replica that's world famous, the GT40 Bailey cars. No, 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 no. no. No, it's um, um, high-tech automotive. In Jimmy Price. They, they, yes. they make, they manufacture it, Jimmy and they Price. did the Cobra continuations as well. Yeah, but their GT40 replica is it's the thing amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, South Africa's actually got. I mean, so you've got you've got Jimmy Price PE. Okay. The guys who we just spoke up. Yeah. High-tech. There's Backdraft who does a Cobra. Mm. Yeah. Um, Bailey Cars they do a GT40 and a 917 replica for racing. Those are pretty but tell me, yeah. um, high tech. I think, I think they're big claim. To, well, they don't even sell the cars locally. They manufacture them here yeah. and then they, export them. Yeah, they're still going. I think, I think so. They, huh? I think they are. There's oh, actually, and they were going to be building the Nobles. There's uh, actually um, a, well. a, a YouTube video by Jethro Bovingdon. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. And he test drives one of those high tech GT40s. It is unbelievable but, but these but the, and that's one of the examples these gt40s replicas and they are replicas they're not ford product mm. they're not ford sanctioned no. but they are so close to the originals that the parts are interchangeable so at what point does it become not a gt40 i no, mean and so exactly what's happening what is if you even if you own an original gt40 it's starting to become uneconomical to take it out to the racetrack yeah just why not your buy one yeah. that's so similar but brand new well then track it with the same experience well, i want to tell Amazing. you so so one of my earliest memories and what probably got me into cars was that my cousin lived in bulawayo and when we went there um i must have been four years old at the time he had a Lotus 23, which he still owns today. It's quite a well-known car in racing circles, and a Lotus 23 is a gorgeous piece of kit. But that thing's become exceptionally valuable, and the thing is, um, he's got a replica of it, and it's a replica of his own car. That's so cool. instead of racing wheel-to-wheel in a car that's just become stupidly valuable, he's got one, and he's a, he's a very accomplished driver in, in his own right. Um, he can go out there, and it's that's clever. And he'll know that this thing feels exactly like the, yeah, he the real would know. one, exactly. So this is if not thing, even so better. Where we're we not going to discuss then, if we each were to choose one. Oh, we have to. That's, we have that's to choose exactly one. where we we're headed. Choose one. Oh, I've got it already. What do you yeah, want? Me too. What? what? So if you had to choose uh, a replica, it yeah. would be. We can't afford the original. We can't. No one can. Okay, it would be by an Argentinian company called oh, Persang. Fair enough. Sir. They do Bugatti replicas, but like identical you can swap parts between the cars and you could probably get a type 57 atlantique you actually can um what's his name jay leno's got one this sounds like it this sounds like it's not that much um cheaper than the real thing <laughs> no well that's the thing some of these things are exceptionally <laughs> you choose one. no but still i mean <laughs> like how much how much cheaper is this cheaper than the, than the original okay how much is <laughs> it that's about a 30th of the price which is still about like a million couple dollars. of million dollars yeah Ooh. But it's a but it's like a handmade. Every single part is inter- interchangeable with an original Bugatti. That's cool. That's very cool. That's my choice. Yeah. That's cool. your choice. What do you reckon, Thomas? So, I mean, I really like five fifty spiders. I would I'd be I'd be tempted to get one of these five uh, fifties from Spider Creations. Okay. Um, but problem is, I, I probably won't fit. I was just going to say, aren't you? Know, you're a little bit of a tall drinker. Yeah, water. but it's got no roof, so you'll just fine. You'll just yes, but I'll, when, I'll it, look when, ridiculous. It, when it when it rolls, it'll just decapitate <laughs> you. Yeah, exactly. I look ridiculous. So before we move on, yeah. you look like isn't, you're a, a, baby isn't a Morgan a kid car? <laughs> I think so. It comes but in a balsa wood kit. Yeah, it's like one of those gliders you buy at the hobby shop. Yeah, there it comes like, in a box. Yeah, there's an and official you buy glue. <laughs> there's an official Morgan replica. I'm so glad you brought it up. Really? Uh, yeah. How would you make a replica? Well, it's not of a replica? an official. <laughs> <laughs> replica. So links have been copying Morgans for years, and it's a big joke uh, that they, they don't look anything like them. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, and it's not made of not made of wood. <laughs> Probably not. Let's, see, let's, let's just up. make this thing properly. Come uh, on. <laughs> so so then then look, I'm not going to fit in this 550. Okay. So you will. There's no roof. It's ridiculous. He is five it's, foot. It's two. In, I'm, look, 
doesn't matter. The roof is infinity away. It's like Thomas sitting in a baby bath. Exactly. <laughs> I would pay a good money yeah, to I was going to say, we, I'm almost going to crowdfund this. <laughs> so the next time I go to Nadav's house for some beers, I'll try to squeeze into the baby bath yeah, and then we can just... Like <laughs> so, what, so what, if you can't have that? Um, no, you are having that. No, you've made okay. your choice. Fine. fine. What about Catron's? If that's well, maybe that's you've the best choice. You've got a lot of choice. Yeah, okay, fine. Mm. Also, no. okay, my turn. My turn. My turn. Fine, Mark. All right. So, so I genuinely want uh, want one of these, but uh, Bailey Edwards, which is a, a very very cool outfit here in Johannesburg, um, they make they make um, Bailey cars. Bailey cars. They make a replica of the nine one seven. The Porsche nine one seven is one of the all time great race cars, um, and they make a replica of it, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, the reality is you couldn't even price what a 917 would be worth. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for about 1.2, 1.3 yeah, million rand, you can get yourself a, what a proper race it's car. It's got a 3.6. Yeah, you'd put, a, you'd, no, put no, a ni- you'd put a 911 turbocharged motor, which is it's not faithful to the original. That way, that no. are a flat 12. But in the end, it's going to be an out-and-out race car. And there actually are a few of them running around. And it just every time I look at those things, just unbelievable. I've had the fortune, good fortune to sit in one of them. And it seems just sitting in it, terrifying. I mean, your feet are hanging out the front mm. of the car, so you wouldn't want to crash that thing. But it's just absolutely Would you gorgeous. daily it, Mark? I would definitely give it a shot. <laughs> I was offered to drive in Claire Vale's 917, which oh, is really? awesome because that's got that there, special… Is, is that the Rand Daily Mail liveried one? No, that's it's like the, the yellow martini, uh, which I think was run… So it kind of looks like the hippie… A little psychedelic Porsche, one. But it's yeah. the yellow one. And I was like, awesome. And then I try to get in it. Don't fit. See, that's the thing. I'm supercar size, baby. I wasn't designed for supercars. I was designed for, I don't know what I was designed for. Okay, Nadav, what's your choice? Come on. Uh, uh, And this is, is we're expecting a lot from you because you are the Anorak's Anorak. I'm expecting you to say something along the lines of Catrum. Well, I think Catrum is a great choice. Catrum is the official continuation of the Lotus 7. We drove one. From Lotus, we drove one together. They are outstanding sports cars. I mean, that design is over 60 years old. and it's Our race one, the they're, most they're incredible thing. superb. Uh, but no, if I had to choose... Come on, be exotic here. I mean, we're okay. not... Uh, you know, well, this is like, well you're if I had to choose, there's a company in the UK called Broadly. And Broadly make what's effectively a tool room replica of the Lola T70 Mark III, hmm. which was um, basically a contemporary of the Porsche yep. 917, yep. Uh, so it wasn't a works car. It was more of a sort of a customer racing program. You yeah. could buy one. So you couldn't probably compete with the big boys, but you were probably going to be in third and fourth place. It was, it, so that car was designed to be, of that actually. It was designed to be a better GT40. Right. And first of all, I think it's one of the most magnificent looking things that's ever been created. It really is. And it Are you talking Coupe or Spider? Coupe. Okay. And it's got a, correct me if I'm wrong, a Chevy V8. Yeah, it does. And guys, oh, not a DFV. You need to you need to Google or YouTube some of the videos on this thing. So a Lola T70 is incredibly expensive and difficult to run in classic racing as it stands. Why not just get a brand new one out of the box and race it to your heart's content? Because you don't have also, to worry. <laughs> my anything. godfather has one of those as well, the T70. Yeah, well, the Spider, I mean, and that's also that's <coughs> apparently a continuation yep. version, but it's yep. it's an it's a nightmare. It's oh, always breaking and overheating. I, I don't care. That's what I want. So that's going to be a, a a broadly T70 Mark III, please. Thank you. Cool. Uh, go YouTube it. Trust me. Awesome. So so that's it. We've all made our choices. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Replicas. So basically, kit cars and replicas. We're giving them the thumbs up. If yeah. they're not made in somebody's shed, <laughs> no. Even if they are, even if they are, just carry on doing them. At least, as long as someone's having fun driving. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Don't be such a snob. Yeah, fine, fine. Right, kit cars and replicas. We're giving them a thumbs up. We're also going to have a quick break, and uh, when we get back, we're going to be debating something else, which is bound to be contentious. Ooh. <laughs> Young people are making their mark. Get up. Tune into the Sebenza Live Behind the Hustle podcast every Tuesday to find out more about what fascinating careers are out there. You can find us on the Sebenza Live website or you can follow us on Twitter on Sebenza Live. Sebenza boy. Sebenza girl. Sebenza. Sebenza.
welcome back to Cargumentative. In this segment, I apparently am going to have a rant because this is what the other guys classified as. Mark Plute is having another big yawn, like a basking shark. <laughs> yeah, if you've heard during this during this recording, if you've heard multiple yawns, it's been polluted the whole time. A man with narcolepsy. Anyway, back to the rant. Tired. And I've and I can I can go on about this. Here, are car clubs? I cannot stand car clubs. Why? Because men. I don't know. It's and hold just, on, you can't interrupt. Okay. You've got your, just, you have the floor. I find it painful. We have to meet up um, and wear club regalia, men in caps and ill-fitting jeans or a baggy shirt badly embroidered with a car logo on. And they, and they all meet and get together and touch butts and talk about, you know, how amazing this car is and how, and how terrible so-and-so's car is because he's put the wrong wheels on or, you know, it doesn't have the right distributor on. Uh, it's just... It's a waste of time. I tried to get into car clubs when I was a teenager and in, and in my early 20s. I tried to join the Volkswagen Golf Club and it was just, come on guys, get a life. I, I, I mean, if you like a car, enjoy a car on your own. You don't have to get together and have this whole hoo-ha, com- you know, camaraderie club thing. It's just ridiculous. <gasps> there, I said it. Oh my gosh. Does, uh, I have a disclaimer. The views of Thomas do not represent the all-around all views of cargumentative and we apologize for any offense that may have been caused oh, to any of our, I new, mean, our listeners it's like I love who are members of car clubs. I love Porsches, I love Porsche 911s, but I don't want to sit around in a, a room with a whole bunch of guys in a Porsche club and pay a grand a year, you know, to, yeah. to, to kind of validate my, my love for a car. Oh, he like, he finished his rant, can we come back at him? Yeah, I think he's run out of stuff to rant about. Yeah, this, this, is, this is kind of a car club. Yeah, it's not. But this is about podcasting. as I, I don't ever want to be associated with the car club, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Because and why? why? Because the kind of people that go, they don't have anything else to talk about. Exactly. They're one-dimensional, boring people who don't have any other interests or joys in life. I fully agree with you. And they have to get together like every Thursday, like the Freemasons, and like <laughs> band together and talk about it and go through old photographs. And, so yeah, it, exactly. And they will only talk about their brand. Yeah. And how and, shit and everything we, else And is. we like a broader spectrum of yeah. cars. Yeah. And if you bring up anything else, so a few of us are on a group. WhatsApp groups are becoming like car clubs. Yeah, they are. And there's some of them where you bring up another brand and people lose their minds. That's why I won't go onto these car club groups. Like I don't think they'll let you on, to be honest. Our grouper, what's it called? No. Porsche grouper. No, the Porsche Gripper is cool. No, it's not. It is cool. It is cool. And, I, and, and, I, and listen, I so, so, so I've actually been a, a member of a whole lot of different clubs. And I just find that, unfortunately, have. I don't have time for it um, because, I look, I'm fortunate I got a few marks, but I was involved with the Porsche Club for, for a long time. But why did you and, get and into I, it? Because they, what had made a, you? because they had a phenomenal time trial series. So we used to have, um, and it was proper gentleman time trialing and... I started off in 98 and I did it for about six years and I absolutely adored it. Towards the end of it, um, it started getting a little bit too much of a money game. and it, and But at the same time, it was it was relatively inexpensive to do it and the cost started coming, uh, started increasing. So I, I left that. Um, I joined the, the Ferrari club as well. Um, but the only reason I joined was so that I could go to the track day. Um, I generally haven't been to any of the events, and I joined the Lamborghini Club last year, but that was because... You wanted to get a shirt um, or something? No, uh, the jacket. The jacket's oh, unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> it's so, tailored. So, yeah, it's, ta- it's tailored. It's, it's, it, it is absolutely unbelievable. But the thing is that I don't really have time to go to these events and stuff like that. Although, like, I'm on the, the WhatsApp chats of these groups, and, and I will say this, that they're hell of a useful... So, obviously, you do get elements of these car clubs where there is ego stroking and, 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 and that, and there's a little, some negative things. Ego but, rubbing. But the reality of it is, <laughs> is that, 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 it, that, you know, being around the, the cars, seeing them come out and, and being like, like, like together at the Ferrari Day, even though it's like, it's, it's, I mean, it, it is very separatist in that they put up fences and there's general population and there's owners, but 
it's amazing. On that day, you'll get to see Speciales and F40 and F50 and uh, that uh, 250 GT short wheelbase replica and some, some 360 Challenge cars and things like that. And it's unbelievable to see them out and, and doing things the way they, they, they should be done. And, it's, and without the, f- the car clubs, you wouldn't see that type of thing. But do you have to be part of them? I mean, so, okay, so. No, you so, don't. Okay, no, you so, don't. Yeah. But just I'm glad they exist. But what I'm saying is that you didn't have to, you didn't have to join the Lambo Club to, to get a Lambo jacket. You could have ordered one. You didn't have no, to join the Ferrari club in order to go to a track day because you can go to a track day every other Sunday at Swart Corps. And you didn't have to join the Porsche club to do time trials because you can also do that independently. No, that's fair. So I'm that's just fair. shooting the whole, like, you yeah. know, I'm, um, being, I'm being very cynical uh, Absolutely. Here. I think, I think... Um, Hold on, Nadal's going to lose his wrist if he, he doesn't is. get a chance yeah. to... Uh, yeah. I've been putting it He's up. a member I'm of a club. Up. And you're definitely a member of the VVC, there's no doubt. Absolutely, I'm a paid-up member of the VVC, and, uh, and it's yeah, a good I was example. A me- I, was, I was a member, actually, Do for, you get for a, a free Panama hat when you join VVC? No, you have to pay for it, okay. but... Um, so I, look, I, I think that the whole concept of the car club is under fire at the moment. And, right. and I think so. going back to why they started existing in the first place is, you know, people that own similar cars or cars of the same mark or cars of the same era um, often rely on each other uh, for sources of information, for parts. And I think years ago, 20 years ago, before the advent of the Internet, before WhatsApp. And Pelican uh, Parts. And, and, and Pelican Parts. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was a fantastic way to make sure that you know that knowledge base of your neighbor mm. who also owned this car or that car was shared amongst all the people and parts were swapped and knowledge was shared to keep the cars on the road and the love for them alive and I think that there was something to that that's then since become quite old-fashioned given the access to information on the internet mm. and uh, parts etc but I think clubs have realized that I think clubs have realized that you know in order to stay relevant they need to maybe change the name of the game and a lot of them are currently trying to offer more value for their members so Mike was talking about certain organized events Um, at the moment Porsche Club offers all kinds of curated events like you know um, not track days but also sort of like skid pan days and the the outright cost of the skid pan day for a member is far cheaper than trying to organize it yourself. Um, and it's almost worth it even if you only go to like one or two skid pans a year. You know, it will kind of, it'll pay for itself. So it depends on what you're going to use the club for. Mm. And I do agree that the mark-specific clubs, if you do a Porsche club or a Ferrari club, can become a little bit catty. Um, yeah, you know, people, catty. people are horrible about other people's cars yeah. and they, they judge it. But that the car club there's also car clubs that are general car clubs you know there's there's um the piston ring club yeah. there's the vvc the vintage mm-hmm. and veteran club where it's all marks it's an era it's older cars or just classic cars and it doesn't have to be so catty and and, uh, and it, political i mean it's, but, but it yeah, can I mean, be useful absolutely but i think also you know look I, I love seeing all different car clubs and actually the Angelus Picnic is, is a phenomenal illustration of that because you see guys come in there and you see all the Lotuses parked together and all the VWs parked together. And I just think it's great. I mean, that guys are so passionate and they can share that passion with other people. But some of the car clubs as well offer some very, very interesting things. So stuff that you wouldn't get access to. So like the, the Lamborghini Club, mm. the guys put in a lot of effort. Grant is an amazing guy and he really... Uh, he engages with the factory. I mean, if you wanted to go and do a factory tour, being affiliated to the Lamborghini Club, there'll be things that you'll get access to that you wouldn't otherwise be able to. Um, I actually only like the Lambo Club because of Grant. So I'll give, it, I'll give them that. But otherwise, I think they're... Um, don't. Don't yeah, be like that. I, yeah, like me what too. You, what do you also, think, Marky? Yeah. No, I'm not a fan. I think um, if they were more diverse, maybe. I've been a member of the Alpha Club and the Porsche Club. Eh, didn't really do much for me, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I just think they are. I, I mean, I think they're very political and and quite catty, and they kind of they can actually ruin the experience of being into cars because you just meet people who you know who kind of take joy in putting you down, maybe in a mm-hmm. way, in like in, in, in and kind of say things about your car that make you feel bad about it. I don't know. To me, it's just. It's nice to enjoy your car on your own and have these chance meetings with people. So say you, you know, you, you pull into a petrol station and there's a guy with an old Porsche, like Nadeau, and you get talking. <laughs> and that's, I don't know, that's kind of, that's kind of cooler. Oh, it's more natural. It's, and it's a more but natural But how will you way. see that guy again? You know. Yeah. But you don't. But that's, that's, 
a fantastic thing. And I mean, the Japanese have the Thomas saying. Thomas doesn't like people. I think, I, you've, I think you've got a commitment problem. <laughs> no, but the Japanese have a saying, once in a lifetime and never again. Oh. And that's cool because you have these fleeting, random uh, interactions with people and older cars. And that happens once. And that's cool. And trying to recreate this this kind of this thing over and over again every second Sunday uh, or Saturday. I see your point. I just I think it, it kind of depends on what it is that you're going into the club for. It depends on what you're looking for. If you're looking for uh, you know social camaraderie then maybe you should look elsewhere. But if you're looking yeah. for a, a mine of information and go to H2O and Thomas. some uh, just some, hit up the internet spare parts <laughs> see, or that's the thing. some so expertise like, or, or maybe some organized I think, events. I think it's yeah uh, I think it does it into. does depend on the people. Mm. No, I think if it's, it's a great bunch the club of people is a bunch of people. I was also a member of the Ducati Club and that was fantastic. Mm. That was really good. Yeah, good but those numbers, those numbers just drop. Like you know, people just. How do they keep the membership up? <laughs> and let's not forget gentlemen's clubs. <laughs> what? Let's not forget gentlemen's clubs. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. not forget those. Okay, like Tom. The rim run. Yeah. Yeah. Rim run. <laughs> no. Well, that's it. Basically, that's my rant. All right. right. Well, well clubs. I think you had more support than than I'm comfortable with in this room. But anyhow, hmm. everyone's I'm actually, got their, I'm actually quite surprised. Their, their, their huh? Opinion. Oh. I'm actually. Have we got another segment after this? Mm, I don't um, know. Have we got time? I think we need to think of something to have a poll about. <laughs> well, no. I think well, just yeah, to give no, page I think, more is, I, I think this is a good poll. I this think, is a good call. I think car clubs. Yeah, car clubs. Yes or no? Guys, listeners, I know we've got about four of you. Yeah. Maybe six Maybe on five. a good day. Yeah. Um, we want to know car clubs. Yeah. Are they relevant? Would you want to join one? Are you a member of one? Yeah. Okay. Are they relevant for modern cars? Not really. Because like yeah, to the BMW Club. Point, oh. Do you know how many times I've been out to Hot Beer Sport to go get a pie from the home of the chicken pie? And you'll see this long line of like three, th- of like three forties and two thirty fives oh, and some and new, fours some and new BMWs. Yeah, new BMWs. So oh, when does your motor plan run out? Yeah, it's a yeah. support group for motor <laughs> plan. Well, well I, listen, I for one say. Keep on going with the car clubs. Let's just keep the passion alive. And like, uh, you know what? If it's doing, if it's doing good, um, and it's not harming anyone, just like keep keep it going. Yeah, Tom. I think your negative yeah. negativity is rubbing off on me. I can enjoy it on my own. I'm going to take back ranger. what I said and say, yo, I'm all for that. What? You're all for car clubs yeah. and a dove. A dove's doing some. He's telling you to wrap up. Shut up. All right, guys. I think that is all the time we have. Yes, we covered everything. Um, producer Paige is not here, but if she was, she'd be roll- rolling her eyes and saying rapid. So, um, from me, Thomas Faulkner from the Sunday Times. Guys, thank you very much for joining me again. In Pleasure. The mm, it's been thank real. Thank you. And uh, we'll catch you back again next week for another episode of Cargumentative. Ciao. Ciao. Bye.